Welcome to the Motorcycle Vagabond Show. Today we've got Hannah with us. How are you doing today, Hannah? I am well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. I am on my, this is like my 23rd podcast in the last six days, seven days. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) And busy. Yes, I don't have time to record very often, so when I have time, I just pile a whole bunch in together. <laughs> yeah, I love that, making good use of your time. So this is going to be a show about Bunker Biker, but I'd like to hear about how you got into riding motorcycles first. Sure. So um, I think it's kind of a, a funny story, and I feel like maybe some other people can relate to this as well. Um, this past May, I had um, a life. I was in a serious relationship and it ended, um, but that's okay. And so I was just looking really for something to, to fill a void that wasn't necessarily a person. Um, and I was doing an exercise. I worked with clients um, with health and fitness on the side and creating them best, their best selves. And I was doing an exercise for them, but also with them. And um, a part of the exercise was, what does your best self look like? So in doing this exercise, a part of the time that I spent was, you know, not only what do I look like physically, how do I act, how do I speak, but, like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I filling with my free time? And basically, I decided that the best version of Hannah – rides a motorcycle and the best version of Hannah rides a Harley and so I I just went with it I didn't second guess it I just started looking online at motorcycles I had uh, told a friend that I was doing this and her and her husband ride and they were like oh well we bought our motorcycle at Wilkins Harley Davidson and Barry, you know, check them out. They're the closest dealership to you. So I started looking at their inventory. Um, and I've always wanted to buy a bike. I think I, there aren't many people who haven't seen a motorcyclist and been like, well, I want to be that guy. <laughs> you know, I want to ride free and have the wind in my hair. Um, you know, but most people – that's all it ever is. It's just a thought. And I'm like, this can't just be a thought, you know. And I, every year in January, I kind of create a vision board for myself. And this past year, I actually had a motorcycle on my vision board for a potential gift for the person that I had been dating. Um, So it's interesting how that vision didn't come true like I thought it would, but it still came true and even more so it came true for me. So, um, yeah, it all started with just an exercise on, you know, creating the best version of myself. And um, I went into the dealership. I fell in love with the um, the 2020, 2022 48 Sportster. Um, I just thought it was beautiful. Um, but when I went into the dealership, uh, you know, they asked me, what do you plan on doing with your bike? How do you want this bike to be a part of that best version of yourself? And I'm like, well, <laughs> and I'll give you the short version, but I definitely told um, Eric, the guy who sold me my bike, I definitely told him my life story that day. Um, 
but I basically said, well, I'm newly single. I was invited to a wedding in Tucson, Arizona. So I'm going to buy a bike and I'm just going to take a bike instead of the plane. <laughs> and he's like, well, you definitely don't want a sportster because, you know, it's just not made for long travel. So I ended up walking away with a 2020 Softail Slim and I am in love with it. And I for sure did go from Vermont to Arizona and home. And that's, that's how I got started. Did you take the class before you left? I did. I did. And I was actually really nervous because I, so I'm working this new position this year and then someone in the department had left. So they're like, well, Hannah can do like his job and her job. And I was like, oh, great. So I was signed up for an August new rider Academy through Wilkins Harley Davidson. And I got the dates mixed up and I showed up on the second day of the new rider Academy. And they're like, we're sorry. Like if you miss the first day, that's all the, that's all the bookwork. That's all like the pre stuff to like writing. And I literally sat in my truck and I was in tears. I was so sad. I bought my bike in June. I got my permit and was learning how to ride from a friend of mine who's been riding his Harley forever. Um, so I was really trying to put in the work my own on my own, and then obviously I needed my endorsement to be able to ride out of Vermont. So um, someone called me, and they're like, hey, we're going to, you know, make sure you get on to, like, the call-out list. We have, you know, two more classes, and one was happening in September and one was happening in October, which wouldn't have helped me because I needed to go to the wedding. Um, and someone called me like 48 hours and they're like, oh, someone canceled. You can be in the September class. And I was just so relieved. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, my dream of being my best self and like riding my motorcycle cross country isn't going to happen this year. But I did take the class. It was absolutely amazing. It was, I mean, the class was very small. It was only six people. Um, and I just felt as soon as I bought the bike through, doing the Rider Academy, and then just in general, being a part of the riding community, I have never felt like so accepted, um, so encouraged to pursue this journey. Um, Like there's just not another community like it. So from the very beginning, I've just felt so cared for and supported. It's been amazing. So how did you hear about Bunker Biker? (laughs) So, um, that actually ties into my journey. I had a friend. I was doing some reading on cross-country traveling for motorcyclists and, um, you know, good practices for new people and all that kind of stuff. And they said, you know, if you can, have a ride behind. Like, have someone in a car uh, ride with you on your trip, you know, long, short, whatever. So I had asked my best friend, I'm like, hey, do you want to go on a vacation and, like, you know, come to Arizona with me and, uh, you know, ride behind me. And he was all for it. He was going to convert. He was going to take the back seats out of his car and we were going to have like a mattress in there and like our luggage would be in there and we would just, you know, sleep at um, rest areas, you know, and um, I am not an incredibly wealthy person. I'm okay with my finances, but I, I run my life on a very strict budget. So this was going to be very beneficial for me because, you know, you're lucky if you can find a hotel room uh, after tax that's like 60 or $80, and even that can be really expensive for people. Um, so 
when I had missed my class for August, my new writer academy class, um, I was like, I don't think this is going to happen. Like, I'm just not going to go on my trip. I'm going to have to take a plane. And um, he is a very quick um, – his decisions give me whiplash, let's just put it that way. So within, like, that 48 hours of when I wasn't in the class and then all of a sudden they were like, someone canceled, you are in the class, he had changed his entire, like, work fall schedule. He was going back to New York where he had an apartment. Um, and just everything changed for him in the blink of an eye. So when I called him, when they told me I was in the class again, I was just like, oh, we're back on. We're back on. Like, we're doing this. And he's like, no, we're not. You are. Like, have a good time. And I was like, shit. (laughs) I did not, like, budget because we had been planning this since June, and now it was, you know, just a month before I was going to leave. Um, I didn't budget for hotels. I didn't budget for that to be a part of the experience. Um, So I was telling that to a friend, and um, they were just like, oh, well, have you heard of Funka Biker? And I was like, no, what is that? And I had recently joined an all-women's Harley-Davidson group on on Facebook, and I I had heard some people afterwards mention it. but they said, yeah, think of it as like, um, you know, couch surfing. I don't know if couch surfing is still a thing, but essentially when you travel around, whether it's in the United States or internationally, people are part of this couch surfing group. And if you're passing through, you know, whatever kind of accommodations they have for you, you can stay for free. So they said, think of it as couch surfing, but it's for the motorcycle community only. And I was like, oh, interesting thing with strangers. Okay, so I I joined the group on Facebook, and I just, I was just a silent, um, you know, fly on the wall, just watching, reading stories, seeing all the pictures, and I was like, wow, like, like, the Bunker Biker experience, just, just watching it online, fed into the feeling that I was already getting, um, from the motorcycling community of feeling cared and wanted and cared for, wanted, and, and, you know, encouraged. So I was just like, this seems okay. This seems okay. So I, I read through like how to uh, reach out to people using the map. Um, I was like following the guidelines so specifically because I'm just like, I am a nice kind person and I don't want people to like be put off by me because I'm coming into their home. So I need to follow all of the instructions. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm like, and the this one fellow that I stayed with in Arizona, just the most amazing, they were all amazing, but he was just so exceptional. Um, he was a retired deputy sheriff and he was just like, we can become um, you know, I offered my Facebook handle and my Instagram handle and just, you know, been like, if you want to get a feel for me as a person, here's my social media. Um, and he said, well, we can become friends on Facebook just so you don't feel like I'm an axe murderer. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> and he's just like an older retired guy and just sweetest person. And um, honestly, like, I'm I'm only 32. And a lot of the people that I stayed with were kind of baby boomer older. A lot of them had been in the military or traveled the world. And I cannot, looking back, I cannot imagine my motorcycle tour 
without the Bunker Biker experience. It gave my journey so much value. Um, and to think that it just came from someone being like, oh, well, have you heard of Bunker Biker? Like, not only was it a blessing to not have to pay for my lodging, which, you know, I would have flown. If I didn't have Bunker Biker, I wouldn't have gone on this on this journey. So just to the fact that I randomly heard about it through, uh, you know, a suggestion of a friend was just a blessing. That's amazing. I'm glad it popped up in your radar. I, I often hear, I wish I had known about that on my trip, you know, so many months or years ago. And I'm like, sorry. I mean, I'm doing my best yeah. to get it around. Yeah. So who all did you stay with? Do you have any stories about some of your hosts? How many have you oh stayed with? I literally, every single one of them was so amazing. So there were a couple of states in Pennsylvania, Indiana, Texas, and my second, my two nights in Sedona, Arizona, they were with friends and family. Um, but the first folks that I stayed with in Ohio, um, absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have a list of names in front of me this morning. Um, but they, uh, they, they actually weren't going to be there when I was arriving. They had some events, but they're like, we don't want to turn you around. I'm like, you, you seem normal. So we're just going to put a, we're going to put a key under a pumpkin for you. Um, and just, you know, take a shower, relax, have a good night and we'll see you in the morning, you know? And I was like, wow, okay. And I got there, and their home was beautiful. They had just moved into it. Um, and then in the morning, they made me waffles, and we talked, and I was just telling them about kind of my journey um, and what was happening with my traveling, my job, my career. And it turns out that he was actually um, a Harley dealership co-owner at one point and he was just telling me about his experience with dealerships and the community and it was just lovely um they had two dogs two little girls and i just i felt so at home so it was really nice to have that very first initial experience to be so positive because then that helped me like you know any anxiety that i had with meeting new people or being in a new place or um, you know, for lack of a term, of lack of a better term, just being with strangers, just it was really alleviated with that first experience. And I had every other experience after that. I stayed with some folks in Tennessee, and they were lovely. An older couple. They just got married in June, and she's learning about motorcycles, and she rides on the back with him. And they're both retired, and they have five dogs, and all the dogs loved me. And they took me out to Mexican. I, like, got off the bike, and they were like, are you hungry? And I was like, I should eat. And they're like, all right, we'll hop in the car. We're going to Mexican. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so nice. And this is such a long day of riding. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, they were great. I went from Tennessee to Texas where I stayed with my dad. Um, and then I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and someone actually said, well, Hannah, I didn't think you were thinking when you made this choice, but I basically went from one end of Texas to the other in a day, and Ooh, oh, that's that a was, painful ride. It was a lot, and I just about fell off my bike at the end of the day. Um, so I, uh, in Alpine, Texas, which I I need to go back. That is such a beautiful area. It's in the mountains and basins area of Texas, and it's absolutely 
stunning. Um, if I if I have to go back to Texas, I'm going there. Um, not to mention the national park that's down there, uh, Big Bend. So, like, I'd love to go and ride down there. Um, but mind you, my whole tour was, you know, I was on a time crunch. I need to get to the wedding and I need to get back to work. Um, but that that was lovely. And that night, I was like, I can't do that again. I cannot do another long day like that. And I was planning on going from Alpine to Tucson. Um, so I was like, you know, I I can do it. I don't want to. And I, I do have a sleeping bag with me, but there are creepy, crawly, poisonous things down here, and I cannot bring myself to camp. Um, so I found some folks that were literally in the middle of Alpine and Tucson, and they were in Deming, New Mexico. And they said, yeah, come on over, come on over. And I was so grateful because I was just dead. I was so dead after that. Like, I did, it was like 600 miles that I went. Um, and Was that so a Hoenn? Yes, yes. And I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but. Um, a a Howen. Yeah. A Howen. Um, yeah, and she, um, her and Wizard, um, absolutely amazing humans. Um, we, her and I talked for like ever, and then I was like, I'm so tired, I need to go to bed. But the sunsets and the sunrises in New Mexico, down on the southern border, the best I had seen on my entire trip. Um, and besides some, some places in the world where I've been, like, on the Mediterranean, like, I would say in the United States, New Mexico has some of the most beautiful sunset sunrises. The sky was gorgeous. Um, we had coffee in the morning. And she was actually going to do a sister ride in Phoenix. So I got to ride the better part of 300 miles with her the next morning. And it just felt so good. Like, I enjoyed it immensely. Um and so we separated kind of in the Tucson area, like like she headed north, and I had like 12 more miles to go. And then I arrived in Tucson, uh, where I stayed with Floyd. I stayed with him for two days. He's the um, retired deputy sheriff, and he was just so kind. Like, I literally felt like he was treating me like family. Um, and after such, you know, going from the New England down and over, you know, the entire country, it felt so good to to feel comfortable with somebody. Um, so I stayed with him for two days. Um, I didn't want to leave. He didn't want me to leave. Like, he was like, we can go see Big Sur, and I can take you here and there. And I was like, oh, I got to go. Um, and then I went up and stayed with a friend for two days in Sedona. Um, and then I left Sedona, went up to Flagstaff, um, had the most awful freezing rain experience coming out of New Mexico and into the Colorado mountains that when I got into Durango, I was 20 minutes away from the folks that I was supposed to stay with in Bayfield, Colorado. And I got off my bike at a gas station to go inside, get coffee just to warm my hands. Like I was frozen and um, I messaged my host and I said, I am so sorry. I'm going to be late. Like I'm literally freezing. I'm, I'm sitting at a gas station. Like it's suitless. Like I, my hands are so cold. It hurt to pull the throttle. Um, you know, and on my, my weather said no rain, no bad weather. I called my dad and I'm like, there are some big black clouds in the mountains here that look 
super ominous. Can you check the weather for me? Like as I was riding along and he was just like, Oh yeah, there are like some little clouds. I'm like, dad, these are big clouds and they are black. And he's like, no, no, you're fine. Um, and then even my host was like, yeah, it's supposed to be great weather coming. <laughs> so I don't know where the weather came from, but it was literally the worst weather. Um, you know, if I was in a car, I'm sure it would have been fine. But, um, you know, they said, don't even worry about it. Like, we're throwing logs on the fire now. You can park in the garage. Uh, we have a hot meal ready for you. Like, just be safe. So when I got there and I got off my bike, I was literally shivering from bones out. Like, I could not tell you the last time I was this cold. And um, his wife came down, and she just grabbed me, and she was like, come on, let's go up the wood stove. It's roaring for you. And he handed me a beer, and she said, like, my, I was just stoked. Everything was stoked. Um, not, like, through and through. I had a dry bag, but um, I was just so exhausted. And she's like, you don't even need to unpack your bag. She's like, I did laundry today, and I've got these fuzzy-wuzzy pajamas that you can wear, and, and you just you just take off your leathers. You get comfy. We'll feed you. And then, you know, and then, you know, they, they were just – they were amazing. And if I, like – that moment with them, I and he was so funny because she, his wife didn't, she doesn't ride. She doesn't like that he rides. Like, she's just scared for him, and she's lovely, but he loves riding. And he was just like, you know, if you want to stay an extra day, you can. I can show you all the best rides here in Bayfield, Colorado. And I was like, I'm going to resign. I'm going to quit my job, and I'm just going to ride motorcycles with people that I find. Um, they were wonderful. Um so from there, I went to the Panhandle of Oklahoma. That's a story and a half. But um, I stayed at what was his name, Jared. I stayed at Jared's man cave, uh, where he kept all of his like cars and bikes and everything. So nobody was there, but it was lovely. I was. Uh, that was also a really, really long day to go from Bayfield, Colorado, to Keys, um, Oklahoma. Um, and that was one of those days where I'm like, I am just so thankful that I have a dry place to lay my head, and I slept like a rock. Um, from there, I went to uh, Kansas. I stayed with Kevin. Kevin, he was wonderful. He's retired, um, just a lovely, lovely human. From there, I went to Missouri and stayed with Carrie. Um, she reminded me of my grandmother, her her daughter and her husband and her grandsons live with her. She just moved there. Um and they had chickens and dogs, and she cooked a lovely crockpot meal. And she, too, is uh, – she bought a motorcycle, and, you know, she's like, I'm going to watch you unpack your bags and pack them up and just listen to you because I want to do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, you should. Um, she's only, you know, been a host. Um, and then from there I went to – Indiana, I stayed with a friend from Indiana. I went to the very edge of Ohio and stayed with some folks and their family. Um, they were lovely and so kind. Um, and then Pennsylvania, where I stayed with my uncle, and then back home to Vermont. So um, I stayed with quite a few people, and I did not have one bad experience. I'm glad to hear that, and I haven't heard anything from either you or your host. So, to me, everything oh. goes well at that point. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> it's kind of a bad thing if I know your name. 
Oh yeah, I would that. Mm-mm, I wouldn't like that to be me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've gotten no complaints about you. I'm so glad you found it though, and I'm like your enthusiasm for it's going to make a great show, and I hope everyone listens to this one. Oh yes! Oh my goodness, it is definitely yeah, it is definitely an experience. And like I said before, um, Bunker Biker Bunker Biker added to what already was an amazing first experience, and now I can't imagine going somewhere without simply wanting the company of amazing people along my trip. That's amazing. Have you? Are you considering being a host? I am. So I rent, um, and here in Vermont, where it's turning into uh, winter, winter is apparently delayed. Usually we have a ton of snow by now. Um, so now I'm wondering, well, winter is just going to be extra sucky this year. So um, I would like to talk with my landlord so that once it is biking season here in New England again, um, see if he's okay with me doing that. And if he is, yes. Like I have um, a large apartment. I live by myself and I I don't know. I love people to come into a space and feel just like that sigh of like comfort and relief. And I have a beautiful guest bedroom and I've, I've sublet before um, and I've had roommates and stuff, but the nice thing about, you know, having my own sublet contract that my landlord allows me to have is that, you know, if I, if I have someone for a couple of months and then I want to break, um, you know, I, can. So, you know, whether there's people in, in my home or not, you know, I also have an incredibly comfortable sectional that everybody, you know, falls asleep on. I have a blow-up mattress. And I think at the end of the day, if I can provide a place in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont for a biker to come and relax and just, you know, enjoy home away from home, that's pretty much what I want to be able to provide and essentially pay forward for the experience that I had myself. I'm glad to hear that you're interested in giving back. I have a lot of people yeah. who either do one or the other. I mean, I can't host personally, mm-hmm. but obviously I, I am a guest quite often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of the hosts don't want to be guests. They're, they're the kind of people that just want to give and don't want to receive. And then a lot of guests are, again, not in a place to host. So it's cool to see that right. you're going to be able to do both. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely will if my landlord will allow it for sure. I got to say thank you for reading the instructions. Like I, I, go, I painstakingly go through and write these things down to tell, mm-hmm. teach people how to use Bunker Biker, and then they don't read it and complain. Yeah, yeah. I actually I saw a post about um, just reminding hosts to uh, look at like the the banned Bunker Biker list, and I thought to myself, what is the banned Bunker Biker list? <laughs> So I, I read about it and I just I just can't imagine and obviously it happens, but just you know, I can't imagine people taking advantage of others, you know, generosity. And that's why I say the biggest part of Bunker Biker for me was the experience with the host. Am I grateful that I didn't have to pay to stay somewhere? Yes, I am. But at the end of the day, especially as a new motorcyclist, as someone who's new in this community, being able to meet those people, 
hear their stories, not only their personal stories that they shared, but just their stories of being a motorcyclist themselves, their experience with the community, their tips and tricks, like that was invaluable to me. And when and if I stay with other people, I want them to know that I'm not doing this because it's a free place to stay. I'm doing this because you are an experienced human being in this particular area and I can learn from you and that's invaluable. So I think that two things, like people who are like, oh, I don't, I I shouldn't try Bunker Biker because it feels like I'm taking advantage of other people to stay somewhere for free. Just get that out of your head. If these people did not want to host you, if these people didn't want to welcome people into their homes and make them feel good on what could be a really long, tiring day of riding and, you know, hopefully just give them a place of comfort and rest, like if they didn't want to do that, they wouldn't. So don't think that it's anything other than that. Um, And then the other thing is, is that this community is so uh, tight-knit, I think that's the right term. Um, And especially if you're a newer rider, um, you would be doing yourself a disservice by not staying with the Bunker Biker community because of what you can really learn if you're willing to be a sponge and soak it up and then apply it to your journey as a as a new rider. So a little information about me. I started my first Facebook group six months into being on the road. I've been on the road for six years. Okay. And so I became an admin of a group called Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds. And I always made a joke that it's like the longest name to say you pack a little bit of shit on the motorcycle and you go for a big adventure. <laughs> and so my first year of that group, it was the hard time. I had to figure out how I'm going to be an admin. This is my first time being an admin and how I'm going to set my rules and treat my people. And after a few years, it got easy for me because I trained everyone to pretty much be like my white blood cells. This is how you behave here. I don't care how you behave anywhere else, but here you follow Mm -hmm. my rules and you get to be part of this really good community. Yeah. And so I I very rarely have to even step in and do anything because everyone knows that's not how you behave. And I brought that same training over into Bunker Biker when I took it over in 2019 and I taught everyone this is our roles this is how we treat people here and so there's a lot of times that I don't need to do anything because everyone acts like the immune system for the for the community they're like yeah. no that, that's not how we behave here you should stop saying that that's that's not okay mm-hmm. so that's like exactly what you're explaining we're tight-knit because there are benefits to being here that no one wants to lose, which means they're willing to follow the rules. And luckily, most people would follow the rules anyways, because it's not like they're hard. It's just being a good person. Absolutely. Or at least, like, merely not a bad person. Just, like, at least be neutral, if anything. Yeah. So there's a little information for you. That's how I like to run my communities, and it works very well. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some people who decide that they're going to be a little high and mighty about it. I have to shut them down, but... For the most part, people keep an eye out for themselves and each other. And um, there's, there's a few times that I've heard stories of things that happened that should have been reported, but the host or, or guest didn't know that they should. So they stay mm-hmm. with someone else, and they were like, hey, Z, you should talk to this person. So then I go and talk to them. We, we take care of it, and that's how I end up making sure that the bad people don't infiltrate. Yeah, I love that. 
that was a little long-winded. Sorry. <laughs> As you can tell, I am also quite long-winded. <laughs> um, like I said, thank you so much for reading about it. And just as a little pop-up into the show, if you're in Bunker Biker, the service is free to use, but it's not free to run. So if you have extra income, I always ask for people to contribute via Patreon or become a host. Or if I ever ask for help in the group to volunteer, P.S., don't be a mod. It really sucks. <laughs> but occasionally I need help with that as well. And there are also some really awesome trinkets that you have. I recently saw that you have Bunker Biker tips, which I love because I started collecting the Harley Davidson tips. Um, and I'm just like, that is so cool. So I definitely want to get one of those. And I'm a sucker for stickers. And um, I saw that you have a flag. Like, how cool. Like, if I become a host, I would love to get a flag and put it out on my porch just so that can be like my, hello, I'm here, you've made it, you know. Um, so I, would you consider that, like, buying your those trinkets and stuff like that also a way to contribute to the community? Um, I actually don't run a store because I live on the road full time. I don't have someone to mail for me. I just occasionally make a few things and sell them. The sticker okay. patches and chips actually went to the Patreon subscribers. They're my thank you for their their conti- their continual co- contribution. It's oh, okay. uh three dollars a month, and then you can do a full year for like thirty six dollars, I think thirty four dollars. Okay. Oh, that's really good to know. All right. Good. Yeah, so I do that, and the the patrons always get my when I have time off the road, they get my attention. So if they want more sticker patches, then they get them. I'm also doing giveaways. I've got some uh, travel mugs, glass ornaments, and mm-hmm. bunker biker guest books that I'll be raffling off to the patrons as well. Mm-hmm. So then there's actually a big benefit being a Patreon member. Yes, I try to make it attractive enough that people sign up and help contribute since this is like a full-time job for me. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Any other, any advice that you give someone who's considering using Bunker Biker? I talked to a lot of hosts, but not a lot of people who have guested like you have. And you have such a cool story. Like you got into motorcycles and then found Bunker Biker almost immediately. Most people, you know, they've been riding for years and then find it. So your story is very unique and I'm glad we were able to record it, but do you have any advice to people who are looking to go out and stay with a host? For sure. I think that um, I said earlier, you know, some people might feel intimidated to stay with, you know, a stranger or a host, um, someone new, um, and that is completely understandable. Hopefully my shared experience um, and I say there's a lot of people all over the country um, can hopefully alleviate kind of that nervousness, that anxiety of staying with somebody new. Um, and also, I would say even if you can relatively afford to stay at a hotel, um, maybe if you don't feel comfortable staying with a lot of people throughout a trip, to go out of your way to at least try it, like stay with a host here and there. Just because, like I said, that benefit, that value of spending someone, spending time with someone who's just a well of knowledge. Like, like I said, that is invaluable to spend time with someone who wants you there, who wants to share with you. Um, and a lot of the people that I stayed with, you know, they're retired. 
um, they don't necessarily go to work every single day and have like a super huge social life and they want people in their homes. They want to make them feel good and, and socialize with them. And, you know, I, um, like I said, being able to expand my community and expand my knowledge because a lot of the hosts do ride and they've been riding for a long time. Um, so that's what I would really encourage people that even if you're not utilizing it because you have to, um, do it for the experience, do it for the community, do it for the socialization and the tips and tricks that you're going to gain from those hosts. Nice. Did you have very many hosts either not respond or say no to you? There, I had one person that didn't respond at all. Um, and I had touched base with them a second time, and now I'm wondering if maybe it was a landline. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I just, you know, everything worked out, so I didn't pay it too much attention. Um, and then I had one person who, unfortunately, uh, someone passed away in their family, and they were getting ready to do um, services for that family. So they said normally they would never turn anyone away, but they were very, you know, consumed in in their private life which is totally understandable um and that i you know i said you know that's totally okay you're in my prayers you know um and it turned out that another post that i contacted was able to host me so it all worked out um but they were they were very you know they did respond to me which was wonderful um they didn't have to explain their situation but they did so i really appreciated that like i'm a communication person like I don't need to know why, but I like to know why, you know. Um, so those were the only, those were the only two. So the first one that didn't communicate back with me, it was probably a landline. I'm just giving it the better side of the doubt. Um, and the second one, they could host that they had a family, um, that family uh, situation. So um, everybody else got back in touch with me. Um, there were there was one host that said. You know, we don't like to plan out too far ahead. So, you know, the calendar looks good, but touch back, touch back with us like two days before. Um, you know, and that, that worked out. I didn't actually meet those hosts. I stayed at a location that they have for people who are bunker buckers and, but they were lovely in communication. Their location, uh, was beautiful. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say that I personally had any, any major issues with communicating with hosts. One of my biggest complaints from the guests is that people aren't responding to them. And I always ask sh to, for them to show me what they sent the host. And they never mm -hmm. do because I have a feeling they're not following the rules. I, and sure. I have a feeling you did follow the rules, in which case you I provided did. your name, your social media links, a little bit about yourself, maybe a picture. And people feel yeah. so much more encouraged to respond to someone who puts a little effort into that intro. Absolutely. And it's, it's not hard. Like, I actually, I did a, I, um, I saw someone complain about that on the page. And then, like you said, you have people that are essentially kind of like just good people and they kind of help run the group for you. Um, someone was like, oh, well, like, here's a template. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love a good template. So I copied it to my phone. And the only thing that I changed was the date that I wanted to be hosted um, and the name of the person. So I basically said, Hey, Terry, my name is Hannah. I'm a new biker. I'm traveling from Vermont to Tucson for a wedding, 
and I'm curious to know if you can host me on this date. Whether you can or can't, I would love to hear back from you, and if you're curious to learn more about me, here's my Facebook link, here's my Instagram link, and I look forward to hearing back from you. And I feel like that's not hard. That's not complicated. Like, if you're asking if you're asking for someone to accept you as a stranger into their home, because not only is a host a stranger to me, like I'm a stranger to them. So if they're the ones that are initially saying, come into my home, then I should be the one initiating, hey, this is who I am. Do you feel comfortable with me coming into your home? Because you're doing me a service. Um, so I found it super easy Um yeah, it's super easy. So anybody else, I'm just like, what's the problem? Communicate. We're all adults. Come on now. <laughs> I'd like to think we're all adults, but, man, I got some people who complain about some of the weirdest things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to type all that out. Then maybe you should just go to a hotel. You can just pass them your credit card and driver's license and probably exchange three words and you're good to go. Yeah. That's not this, that's not this though. No, you're right. Copy and pasting is really hard talking about yourself is really hard i <laughs> you know funny enough i hardly ever get someone that doesn't respond and of course since i run it i'm like eh, if you're not hosting anymore i could just remove you and then i give yeah. them like two weeks and if they don't respond in two weeks then I, I take their pen off but for the most part i get a response whether it's yes or no i get i've gotten plenty of notes because of the family emergencies or you know, they're out of town. They're on their own travels at that time. And I'm just like, thank you for responding. I hope you have a good time. You know, condolences right. for your loss. And, and I continue on my way. But, yeah, I don't even use my name. And I still get a response because I give everything else. You know, hey, it's, it's you know, I am I found you a bunker biker. I'm with my partner. We share accommodations. There's two bikes, two people. We'd like to come yeah. in for a night. You know, if you have any other questions, let me know. And a lot of them don't even ask for my name before I show up. And I, I get to surprise them that it's me. Oh, <laughs> undercover boss! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but so I, there are like a, a diverse ways that you can, you know, verbalize who you are and what you're needing. Um, you know, I'm obviously you can tell I'm just like that kind of person that doesn't want to like disobey the rules. So I was like very like really articulated what I what I was after, what I needed, you know? Um, but I I feel like if someone's going to be like, hey, can I stay with you tomorrow night? It's like, ooh. Um, <laughs> no. I've got hosts that get those messages that I'm like, just just send them this picture. That's why I made those little graphics. I was like, just send them that in response. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. People. Yeah. Can't live with them, can't live without them, right? I know. I literally was just thinking that. <laughs> oh. Any other advice or anything you'd like to share before we conclude the show? Not really. I mean, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. Um, I saw that you were looking for people to interview, and I'm like, oh, I'm so new. Like, I have no experience. But, you know, I think that that's almost kind of a good thing because I had so many hosts and just people in general from the motorcycling community be like, you're so young and you literally just got a bike not even six months ago. You're going across the country. And they would say, I wish there were more young people like you 
actually riding a motorcycle, like not just buying a pretty bike and riding it to bike night or riding it to the bar or riding it around town, you know, the motorcycle, at least for me, the best version of my life, the motorcycle is part of my lifestyle. Um, so I would really just encourage people to really hone in on that. Like, your motorcycle isn't just a pretty thing. It is something that can bring you to beautiful places. It is something that can show you amazing things and make you a tougher person. And, you know, I, I had this epiphany moment when I got into Texas. The sun was setting. The sun was huge. Like, everything's bigger in Texas, right? It was taking up the entire highway, both sides of it. And it was a water tower to my left, and it said, Welcome to Texas. And in my mind, I, you know, I've i done tons of traveling in my life uh, around the world, around the country, in a car, in a plane, on a train, on a boat, but never a motorcycle. And I just pictured, you know, Vermont with a little tiny line to all the states that I had been in and then in Texas. And I thought to myself, oh, my Lanta, I'm in Texas. At the bottom of the country, and I came here on my motorcycle. Like, yes, the motorcycle is a vehicle. It has two wheels, but you are completely exposed. Like, I did that with my body, and <laughs> that was, like, my big epiphany moment that I was doing this, and I've done this. Um, and after that moment, it's like, yes, yes, I am riding my motorcycle across the country and home. <laughs> So, you know, that's my biggest thing is that a motorcycle isn't just a pretty thing. It can add so much value to your life, just like being able to utilize something as wonderful as Bunker Biker. So I just want to encourage people, whether you ride a bike, whether you're just a host or you're a new rider, um, really embrace the motorcycle lifestyle because it will bring you places physically, mentally, and emotionally that you probably haven't dreamt of before and it will add so much value to your life very nice you know funny enough i stay with a host in groton massachusetts her name's grace and she reminds me a lot of you so oh. I'd, I'd recommend you hit her up and see if she wants to hang out sometime i'm sure she's not that far from you uh you know and i actually work in um there's an area that i work here with vermont state parks and recreation and it's Groton state forest here in Vermont. So that's really funny that she lives in Groton, Massachusetts. So I will try and look her up and let her know you suggested uh, that we connect because I am definitely always looking to grow my community. Well, she's about our age because I'm 30 as well, and she's hosting. So either you guys are going to get along great or you're too similar and you're going to hate each other, you know. <laughs> that's but okay. it's a <laughs> – that's another benefit of bunker bikers. Even, you know, for the host, you guys can hit each other up around the area and meet up for coffee and do other things besides, you know, hosting. Yeah. No, for sure. And I've actually had, I mean, I've, I've had some hosts that were so lovely. They were like, literally come back anytime. Like, even if you're not, you know, you're a friend. You're a part of, you know, the, the bunker biker, the motorcycling community. Like, if you want to come back, um, like my um my one host in Bayfield, he was just like, you know, we have a wonderful season for biking up here in the mountains. And he's just like, if you ever want to come back and literally just stay here and us go motorcycling together, 
you are welcome to. And that just like, that just touched my heart so much because I don't have a lot of friends um, who motorcycle. <laughs> so especially like my age um, or have the same schedule as me. So, you know, to, to um, feel comfortable reaching out to one of those hosts that I really connected with and been like, Hey, I want to do some motorcycling. And I'm just wondering if that, you know, invitation was, you know, an open invitation, like feeling comfortable to reach out to somebody to be like, Hey, you know, let's actually do something together um, was just, it was really heartwarming. It was wonderful. Ah, I love hearing that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Hannah. I think it's about time we conclude. I'll let you know when it comes out and I hope other people enjoy this show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a really great day and I can't wait to see you out doing some riding next year. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.